listening to Bossy Riches with Lisa Schenker and Julia Dumay. And finally, at long last, after many, many hurdles um, <laughs> and much, much personal heartbreak, um, we are getting to our uh, Harry Potter, the first of our book club episodes. We're, we're finally talking about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher's and Stone. yes, normally, like, I'm just going to start out with that by pointing out you know, normally I'm pretty cool with sort of stuff gets changed for the states. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like I figured J.K. Rowling doesn't care. Like she said, I don't care if they change jumper to sweater, mm-hmm. you know, like fine, whatever. If it helps American kids sort of get what's going on better, then yeah, fine. You know, it's not like it's a huge change to the content. But I will, the hill I will die on is... <laughs> It's Philosopher's Stone. The rest of it, fine, whatever. You can change it. You can change it so the Weasley twins say they're keeping their noses up or their chins up or whatever they say to turn tone it down from uh, keeping their peckers up in in six or five or whichever <laughs> it is. But uh, I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. But I will die on the hill of Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Well, Sorcerer's Stone doesn't make any sense. What the hell no, is a Sorcerer's Stone? Exactly. The Philosopher's Stone is actually a thing. And you've got, like, all these tiny, all these little, subtle little illusions throughout the books. Um, and that's one of them. And I'm like, you know, I just feel like you lose some of... Because I... And I'll say it. I... I'll say this later as well, I'm sure. But one of the things that I really love about these books is the sense of humor and mm-hmm. that there are all these little jokes in there that you're only, that I only get now that I'm an adult. <laughs> you know, rereading them as an adult, I just find them so funny in so many different ways. And that's one of those where I'm like, that's one of those things you're only really going to get if you are, you know, if you have a certain background, if you've studied like classics, any kind of backing in like if you went through a teeny Wiccan phase mm-hmm. like I did, you know, the Philosopher's Stone was an actual concept in alchemy. So it is actually a thing that they that J.K. Rowling was using in this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's my opening rant. <laughs> um, I am totally in agreement. I feel the same way about it because... Like, when I read the first time the book, I was like, what the hell is a Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah. And then when they finally explained it, I was like, but that's a Philosopher's Stone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand, like, why... I don't understand why they would change the name. Because if Americans are unfamiliar with the Philosopher's Stone, they're not any more familiar with the Sorcerer's Stone. Like, exactly. it doesn't... It, it solves a problem that doesn't exist by not actually exactly. solving a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, there, yeah. there's no need for to change that yeah like well yeah exactly that's a good way to put it it solves a problem that doesn't exist Mm -hmm. like if you weren't gonna get philosopher's stone you weren't gonna get it it wasn't because you were like i'm sure there are plenty of english kids who didn't get that that was a thing i don't think it was you know changed just for american audiences i'm like really I know Americans are dumb, but come on. Mm-hmm. You're really going to tell me that every, you know, British kindergartner or, I'm sorry, primary schooler or whatever the hell they call them there. <laughs> primary schooler. <laughs> nursery school? Do you they really... have nursery school? I, don't know. I don't know what the hell they do over there. It's crazy. They're they're taking away all the <laughs> the NHS, all the public services. So pretty soon it's just going to be Dickensian orphans again, <laughs> is my understanding from watching watching the news. Um, so, you know, you really think the Dickensian orphans are going to know what the Philosopher's Stone is any better than American kindergartners are? Really? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, well there's my little sidetrack like... into making fun of the Brits. So. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I love you. You're my favorite place. It's okay. One it's the 4th of July places. weekend. Just... You are contractually yes. obligated as you an American. You know what? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, America. Fuck yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, and it's really funny that they that that's like a sticking point. Like they change jumper to sweater. Like okay, um, they change philosopher's stone to sorcerer's stone. Eh, whatever. Um, but then they introduce new words like muggle <laughs> and like yeah, like a whole new wizarding world that lives behind our own. Like, but you yeah, that's where you get stuck is that they're not gonna understand. It's hilarious. But yeah, um, I was yeah. actually gonna talk about uh 
how you discovered the books, if you remember. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, oh, this is a kind of a great story, actually. Um, I love, it's that, you know, I was, I guess it was when I was in eighth grade, I want to say. I don't think I was, I was either, it was either my freshman year of high school or my last year of middle school. So I was in like eighth or ninth grade. Um, and my brother, when he was little, was not really a big reader. Now he's, like, the biggest reader of us all. He, you know, he's the kid who, like, I asked him one time when I was at Barnes & Noble, he was going on a trip. I was like, do you want something to read for the plane? And he was like, yeah, can you pick up uh, Ulysses? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So now he's the kid who reads James Joyce for fun. So Harry Potter, by the way, I, I credit for this. There you go, parents. Um... But my dad, so whenever he got into a book, because he wasn't a big reader when he was little, my mm -hmm. parents would get really excited and want to support that, you know. Um, so my dad was like reading him the Harry Potter books, the way my dad read me and my sister The Hobbit when we were little. And um, I was at that age, you know, like I say, I was... I was like 13 or 14 around, the, I, let's say 14. And, um, you know, at that age, if it's popular, if other people like it, it's clearly beneath you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Harry Potter was everywhere in the bookstores and I was above it all. So I was like, no, ugh, no. And then my dad started reading it to my brother and I would be in the next room, like, tooling around on the internet but I would keep getting like distracted from what I was doing I would keep getting like sucked in listening to my dad reading it to my brother and finally I was like you know what I I'm gonna read them all and that'll show them because then I won't get distracted by them mm -hmm. then I'll know what's happening I I'm, I'm gonna read them and then I won't need to listen then you know it was it was out of spite I think as so many things I do are, but, um, I just got completely sucked in. I was like, oh, oh, I'm such a tool. I hated myself, you know, cause I was 14 and it was popular and I was yeah. like, oh, I hate myself. This is terrible. <laughs> um, and now I'm just like, oh, 14 year old. Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 14. oh, teenagers. Oh, bless them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's awful, but hilarious. <laughs> um, I found it in, I was a freshman or a sophomore in college. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think it was a couple of years after. Maybe, I'm sorry, we are interrupted now. This cat is uh, really upset that no one is paying attention to her. She's got Harry Potter feels. She does. She's not a big feminist critic, but... Like Katie was, but she's got Harry Potter <laughs> feels, got, I guess. She's got her feels, um, you know. I was in a class with uh, a girl who lived on my hall. Oh, okay. Um, And she had, oh God, it was intro to journalism or something. And we hated it. It was the worst class. <laughs> um, We just, it was not for us, even though we were both journalism majors. Not for long. Um, She had a little pin on her, uh, on her jacket or her sweatshirt or and it said muggle. And I was like, what the hell is a muggle? <laughs> like, nice. And oh, no. I saw her for that days and days, end. like, with this the thing on. The beginning of like, the for, end. Yeah, a couple of weeks. And then finally I'm like, what the hell is a muggle? Like, and she went off. She was like, oh, my God, these book, this book is so great. I think the only only the first one was out. It just came out in paperback, oh, probably. Wow. Um, nice. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, these books, the these wizards. Um. She, she was like, these books are so great. They're for kids, but it's, it's like, it's real. they're really good. It doesn't, you know, don't feel dumb for reading them. Like, I've got one. I will let you borrow it, which I did nice. not let her let me borrow it because she never would have gotten it back. I knew that much about myself at that age. But, um, yeah, like, it totally transported. Like, I, it had been a really long time since I had, oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> this cat is. Harry uh, Potter feels. I don't think she has Harry Potter feels. I think she has fucking pay attention to me feels. Get away <laughs> from me. Come on. Okay. Well, yeah. So, like, I had... It had been a while. I I think at that point, like you, um, I was coming off of... You were just going into, and I was coming out of, that phase of, oh, if everyone likes it, I'm not going to yep. like it. And then yep. also, like, 
Um, I want to be cool. I don't want to be reading like the science fiction nerd stuff like I have been. Like I want people <laughs> yeah. to think that I'm cool. Well, here's the deal. I am cool, even when I'm reading the stuff that other people might not yep. like. So, hell like, yeah, that was really the beginning of that phase where I understood that that I could be myself without. Um, oh, that's great. Worry about it. And so, like Harry Potter was right there with it, and I was totally hooked from like the first or second. Oh my chapter, gosh, completely. Yeah, yeah same. Like They're it's just, just, and then reading oh. it now, like as I'm rereading. Okay, the cat just fell off the desk. Hang on. <laughs> This is Mina, by the way. Dummy. Um, she's oh. the one that walked into my kitchen one day and never left. Oh. What was I saying? Oh yeah, rereading it now. Like I, it's it's just as captivating now. Oh yeah. No, decades I've had later. to like fight. I've had to like stop myself from just zipping through the entire series, right? basically, because I'm like, okay, we're reading this. For the show, we're doing, you know, one a month or one every few weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I just, I'm having to fight to keep from like, like I'm already like halfway, I was ha like halfway through three where I was finally <laughs> like, okay, I need to stop. I need yeah, to pause because I'm not going to remember all of this. I finally for, got for the, the show. Um, I went to Pottermore and I got all of the uh, electronic versions. Um, oh, nice. And well, I was going to get all the electronic versions, and I bought the first one, and I read it so fast, and I went to get the second one. I'm like, no, <laughs> wait until it's <laughs> no. time to read it, because no, oh, my books are all packed up. So, yeah, because I won't be able to stop. I and I, I'm really glad that I came across it when I did that it was in paperback because it didn't feel like as much of an investment. Like I could just yeah. sort of try it out and see if I liked it. And it was before yeah. the movies, so like there wasn't like this. Um, I didn't already have those kids in my head as the characters. Yeah. Like, um, even after watching the movies, and I adore the movies, and I I love the casting that they did. I think all of the kids oh, were yeah. perfectly cast. Um, they were great, but they were fantastic. Uh, you know Neville's astonishing transformation in real life aside, um, <laughs> I I still picture in my head the kids that I saw when I read it the first time, and the characters that I saw. Oh, um, yeah, I was a big fan of alan rickman as snape but he's not the snape in my head thank god because mm -hmm. the snape in my mm -hmm. head is appropriately awful um <laughs> but so like going back and reading this because it's been a really long time since i watched i read the first one it's been even yeah. longer since i watched the movie um and so i was really surprised by how light it was like in yeah. tone, and then also yeah. in weight like it's a very short book it is it takes like it's sort of gradual like by the third one they're longer mm -hmm. it's a little it's longer and it's a starting to kind of get a little darker yeah. and then the fourth one gets significantly like the fourth one i remember is sort of like i remember waiting in the line to get mm -hmm. it um and reading it and you know the fourth one sort of has these hints of something bigger and darker going on and then all of a sudden at the end it's like boom everything's terrible i was like whoa all of a sudden at the end of four it's just like four is where it really just kind of descends oh yeah um yeah but yeah same same thing um with one although i i did that's something interesting about rereading is that I'm like, I'm highlighting all this stuff on my Kindle of like, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm like, like all this stuff about, oh, like I think in the chapter one, where are my notes? Um, like in chapter one, Dumbledore is talking to McGonagall and I love McGonagall. Me I'm too. just going to say she's probably my favorite like minor character. Mm -hmm. I just really, really love her. Um, yeah, where is it? Like Dumbledore says, uh, I have a note here. It's just um, where McGonagall says, oh, but how, like, why did he come after him? And how in the name of heaven did Harry survive? We can only guess at Dumbledore. We may never know. Mm -hmm. And my note for that is just lies. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, Dumbledore. Yeah. Lies. I had forgotten so that he, he introduces himself with a huge lie. I mean, like, from yeah. the start. It's really funny that we trust him so much because Harry trusts yeah. him. When, you know, looking back, it's, like, pretty clear um, from the beginning that he's not somebody that we should be blindly trusting. Uh yeah. Especially what we, well, given what we know about Harry's home life with the Dursleys. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. you know, protections or not, 
that Dumbledore keeps choosing to have him go back. Um, yeah. You know, I think that says a lot more about Dumbledore's character. But that's one of those things that you don't realize at the time. It's only it's only in the fullness of the story that you understand yeah. exactly and how I, manipulative. I think Rowling does some really, is kind of brilliant at mm-hmm. that. with Because, you know, she's playing on years and years of sort of kindly old man with the long beard and twinkling eyes and the you know non funny non sequiturs that you just sort of immediately assume he's this (laughs) obi-wan type character yeah selfless and exactly and then later on as it goes on you sort of like even with like five i think you start to learn sort of that dumbledore is not infallible Mm -hmm. and he's not all-knowing and by the end of the series you really see him in a completely different light she really Rowling really takes this like archetype and kind of turns it Mm -hmm. on its head Um, yeah he you you find out he's a lot more um like you you start out thinking he's obi-wan he's gandalf he's a benevolent character um yeah he's he's really not he's um and if he and he's worked really hard to not be worse mm-hmm. even like he does a lot of really morally ambiguous at best stuff but you find out more and more and you're like wow yeah. honestly given how close he came he could have been so much worse right like i think he's for me he's like the saruman of the books um oh yeah where he isn't yeah. he 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 is res- able to resist enough that he doesn't become corrupted by evil. Um, like, he never loses his way. But mm-hmm. he definitely, you know, steps so close to the edge. Like, um, God, now I'm imagining Christopher Lee uh, as Dumbledore. Oh, my gosh. Right? That's an amazing you know, that was something. Um, I, I, we're, we're talking books, but in the movies, um, what did you think of? Because in the first movie, what, what is his name? He died. Um, Harris, Richard. Richard Harris, Harris yeah. Uh, Richard Harris is Dumbledore, and he's very much that kindly. Yeah. Um, and then when they recast, you know, a lot more of book Dumbledore came out. A lot more. Of yeah, the scheming and I the, was the mysteriousness about what he was doing. Yeah, um, and I was. It's interesting that you mentioned that because yeah, initially when Harris died, I was like, oh, no one's ever going to be able to replace yeah. him. This is. But then I think that was still we were only in like the fourth or fifth book mm-hmm. at that point and then yeah like i remember not being that impressed by uh gambon um michael gambon i think it is in the the later movies mm-hmm. um and i was like oh i don't know about him because he seemed sort of brusque and i was like i just don't know he doesn't have sort of the same charm and playfulness yeah and yet as the series went on i'm like Oh, that actually was a really yeah. good choice. You know, he there was a, a thing that he did. Um, I think it was when Harry was in the um, hospital wing. I don't remember. Maybe they were using the time turner. But Gambon chose to leave the screen with, a, like, a little hand wave. Like, a little... And it was just so at odds with everything that the character had been doing to that point. Mm. That really sold me on it. So I was, I was a big fan of that. Um, I thought that was a brilliant... Uh, replacement because i don't think at that even if harris had had lived longer um i don't think at that point in his career he was up to um yeah the intricacies I'm of that sure character now. uh although yeah. he was you know great as kindly old dumbledore um, yeah alas earwax um alas <laughs> there was uh something else in the book that i couldn't couldn't stop thinking about um knowing that this was rowling's first um her debut um, and that she knew, I mean, obviously she didn't know all the details at that point, but she had already mapped out the arc of the story. She knew roughly how it was going to end. Kitty cat, you got to stop doing this. Um, <laughs> but I just kept wondering, like, what would the book look like now? Like, if she had mm. written all the way through the series and went back and, you know, sort of rewrote um, or edited the first book. Oh yeah, you that's know, an interesting. I wondered. Question. I wondered 
would it be bigger? Would it be the same size? Is there anything she would take out? Is there anything she would redo? Because uh, one of the big things that I think a lot of people talk about um, when they talk about um, negatives of the series um, is that the abuse of Harry by the Dursleys is not yeah is not really um, confronted in any kind of a responsible way. Yeah, well, it starts out. It's interesting because, like you, like I'm thinking back now, and I'm like, gosh, you know, I really kind of did like grow along with Harry mm-hmm. where I'm like you know I was a tween I was a teenager like in my very early teenage years when the first books came out and when the last one came out I was in my 20s um and yeah it it's interesting you know as somebody who reads who's read a lot of of children's literature like reading the first book I'm like this is it's like fairy tale abuse like it's very light uh, you mentioned this yourself, you know, it's a short book, it's very, very light, and it's like much more sort of comedy. It's almost played for laughs, sort of the way Harry is treated by the Dursleys. It's, you know, it's something out of a fairy tale to prove the show that, oh, he's a misfit. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're cartoon characters. You know, they're, they're just, they're just so cartoonishly mean and awful and, and he's so cartoonishly put upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the books go on, they become sort of, it becomes more and more horrifying thinking about that. You're like, oh, suddenly shit's getting real. Yeah. And, Wait, what does that mean about these people that he was with? Because you're like, oh, the cupboard under the stairs. It just seems like, like so over the top yeah. evil. Yeah. And I, th- I think I was older, but I don't think that I had any sense of, um, you know, just how bad things were for Harry in that situation Mm -hmm. and how untenable a situation it was and how irresponsible it was for Dumbledore to keep letting him go back to that. Yeah. Um, Which, but I mean, the tone of the book is definitely like goofy. Like it's, it's it's lighthearted. It's, it's not meant to be like, um, he's in an abusive situation. Like she just doesn't hit that as hard. And I wonder now, um, you know, if she would hit it a little harder, if she would, or if she would tone down the treatment that he got at their hands. Um, it would be interesting. So, yeah, I, Cause, I, I wonder about that. Because I know she's very involved in, um, in you know, efforts to uh, help children um, in yeah. terrible situations. So, as I recall, I, I just got to give a shout out because I love, I just got to take a moment and talk <laughs> about how much I love her. Yeah. How much I love Jacob Rowling. You know, as I recall, she was... She was a billionaire at one point, yes. correct? And then, like, went down to being a millionaire yes. again because of how much money she gave away to charitable yes. causes. Yeah, she did. She um, was um, one of the richest people in the world and is no longer. Yeah. And and she's also really, she's a master of Twitter. Oh, she I am is. amazed by her mastery of Twitter. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, and also, I have to give the... The usual reminder of like her amazing appearance on the Daily Show where she's talking about like, well, I could have gone off to Malta, you know, or moved someplace like where there are no taxes and I could live like a queen. Um, but I, you know, I wrote the first book when I was on public assistance, basically. I was, you know, at home. I was unemployed. I had a child. I was a single mom and I wrote the first book when I was just completely reliant on public assistance and I feel like it's my duty to give back and to repay Mm -hmm. the chance that I had she's like if like I think she actually says at one point if I were American Harry Potter would not exist yeah Yeah. I Harry wouldn't exist if I lived in America because I wouldn't have had the opportunity I did um yeah I just oh I have so many rolling feelings I just I love her so much she's the best yes I totally agree um yeah so the book itself yeah though <laughs> we're already like halfway through the episode and we've barely talked about the book itself um I mentioned this a little before but I was amazed at how funny it was right like as even as an adult, I'm like, this is a really like 
that line, there's a line even in the first few chapters about the Dursleys and Dudleys, the school he's going off to, Smeltings, <laughs> and how everybody gets a stick and they, they have to practice hitting each other. They like <laughs> yeah. hit each other behind their teacher's backs, yeah. which is supposed to be good practice for later in life. I just like crack up at that line every time. Oh, I'm like, yeah, I'll, well I'll done. As much as I can't stand the Dursleys. Like if they were real people, they'd be they're just despicable. But as characters, are hilarious. Like they are um, the way they're so rigidly like everything has to be perfect and up and middle class and you know don't do anything weird, you weird little kid. Um, mm-hmm. like the idea that <laughs> Harry's hair is such a mess that she cuts it all off and it grows back overnight, and then um he's being bullied by Dudley and he bounces himself up to the chimney. And um, I think my favorite part of the entire book other than Hermione Granger, is um, <laughs> when yes. they go to the zoo and Harry oh, realizes yes. he can understand the snake and he disappears the glass. Yes. So the snake can get out and he scares everybody. And I just, like, it's just such a perfect little thing because Caps Lock Harry is still, like, books away, right? Um, oh, yes. But that's so Harry. Yeah, and that's something that, the like, the movies didn't really approach until... Um, the funeral for the giant spider. I don't remember what book it was. Oh, yeah. He was on, he was on the... I, I keep calling it Goofballs. It was the <laughs> uh, Felicitatus yes. or whatever it was. Um, uh, w- Like, he never really, in the movies, got to be, like, that snarky little shit that he is. And sort of <laughs> hapless. Like, Harry is just kind of the hapless dope <laughs> in many ways. And I love him. Like, yeah. honestly, you mentioned Hermione, but honestly, I have to be honest... When I was, honestly, I have to be honest. There. <laughs> to be honest I, I have here. many okay. feelings, clearly. <laughs> um, and, you know, when I was a kid, it was definitely Hermione. But more and more, with every reread, I love Harry yeah. more. I'm just like, oh, Harry. Well, I, oh, honey. I, like, there's that line. <laughs> there's a line at one point in this book. The line, Harry then did something that was both very brave and very foolish. <laughs> like, that's his entire that's life. Potter. That is the yeah. perfect encapsulation of Harry Potter. Well, like that's the series right there. Harry did something yep. very brave and very foolish. Like done yep. the end. Yep. The end. <laughs> Seven books. In Bless one him. Um, oh, I find that my my favorite characters change like practically with every page. Um, mm, I think Hermione is yeah. my favorite. I love Ron. Um. I Ron, Ron has grown on me such more and more in the movies. Like he's a freaking yeah. delight in the books. I just he, oh. he's such a little jerk. <laughs> he's so he funny. Is one of the greatest lines. Yeah, I will. I maintain. And he's so... one of the greatest lines in Western literature is from book five, book six. It's book six, and it's Ron. It's Hermione talking about why everyone seems to like Harry all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and she says it doesn't help that you got really tall and hot as well. And the line is, I'm tall, said Ron, inconsequentially. And that just, (laughs) I maintain, that is one of the finest lines in Western literature. I will fight you. I just, oh my God. I love the three of them together. Like, um, yes. I'm so, I'm so glad, so, so glad that Ron was the first person that Harry got to know, um, Yes. Because oh. they're such good friends. They're such they're so good for each other. I mean, they're both stupid as hell. Like <laughs> so yes. like then bringing Hermione into that dynamic um of being like the voice of reason sometimes. Um like it just it's such a great a lot of the time when you get a trio, um it sort mm-hmm. of splits off into the 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 pair and then someone the third yeah deal and, someone ends up the odd one out yeah, yeah but it really feels like the three of them together are a tight unit um even yeah even when they're kind of feuding with each other um, it is and it feels very in a very realistic way because yeah. it's not always these two these same two and this same person is the odd one mm-hmm. out um like you will see throughout the books like at one point Hermione and Ron fight yeah. probably a couple of times actually <laughs> and so Harry is kind of stuck between the two of them and at one point Harry and Ron fight and Hermione is stuck between the two mm-hmm. of them and at one point I do 
Harry and Hermione ever fight? I'm trying to remember. I think they were both mad at her in book three at one point. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm well, thinking and they, about it. They're, they're mean to her in book one before they really become yes. friends. Um, Which I like. Yeah. That's another thing I kind of like that it takes. Because I'm like remembering being the Hermione type. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I was definitely a Hermione. And I'm like... Oof, like part of the reason I like her so much is I'm like, oh, yeah, that is really realistic. And so I'm like, oh, rereading as an adult. I'm like, God, I was a little an obnoxious little shit. I just <laughs> didn't really know any other way to be. Um, And I like that it's sort of but that she doesn't have to change. Mm -hmm. For them to like her. Yeah, um, that's circumstance. The best part change. is she. There's none of the three of them need to change to be friends. Yeah, with the others. They all. They all. Yeah, and each of them is kind of a little shit mm -hmm. in his or her own way. But yeah, like all. But most kids are really. Right. I think every actually, child we see in Hogwarts really is kind of a little shit. That's one of the things. <sighs> That it took me a while to understand because I would get really frustrated, especially with Harry. I think Harry was my least favorite character for several books. Um, hmm. Not so much in the first one, but uh, because I just would get so frustrated with him because he would not like he had to do everything on his own. He wouldn't ask for help. Um, mm -hmm. He would only mm -hmm. take help if somebody forced it on him. Um, but that's really a strength of the character because that's exactly how, you know, how Harry Potter, after the upbringing that he's had after the losses that he's had um, and the personality that he has, that's exactly how he would react. He, of course. he wouldn't keep trying to convince an adult yeah. that, you know, trying to convince McGonagall that something weird was happening. Like he'd yeah. be like, well, she doesn't believe me. So I'm just going to go take care of it. Like, yeah. Well, his entire life yeah. he's had to really fend for himself and survive in spite yeah. of all the caretakers around him. So you're, yeah. I mean, for all that these are like very funny and light books in a lot of ways that's also a very very accurate sort of picture of trauma of just sort of how somebody and even without even not even trauma just how somebody is shaped mm -hmm. by their upbringing and their experiences um and i i don't know people talk about rowling i feel like people do this sort of preemptive cutting it down thing that you often do if you like something popular uh -huh. um, where you're like oh well it's not good but it gets to me yeah. and Rowling people do that especially with Harry Potter they're like oh she's not a great writer and I'm like well I think she I is. mean in terms well, she of stringing words together in in you know beautiful deathless prose <laughs> she may not be poetic but she is a really, really brilliant storyteller, and yeah. she understands characters. Well, and the thing is, like, she really progresses as a writer through the series. You oh, can, yeah. You can see it. Yeah. There's a lot. She does a lot of heavy lifting in the third, fourth, and fifth books. Um, And by the time the seventh book rolled around, I think, you know, it might not be Deathless Prose, but she um had a lot more elegant, there was a lot oh, more elegance yeah. to her writing. Yeah. Um, and I don't, we'll talk about it when we get there, but there's a scene in the seventh book where, I mean, like, it was I'm, one of the most moving things I've ever read. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, there's, honestly, there's, I, the last time I did a reread, like, a year or two ago, I was like, oh, okay, in book four, I think, I was like, oh, we're reaching the point where I cry with mm -hmm. every book. Um and this time I'm like, oh, I'm crying even in the first one at the end of at the end of book one. I'm I don't know. Dumbledore says something about Harry's family that makes me weep, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is how it's gonna be. Apparently, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna cry at every single book. All right, <laughs> fine. Uh, you know, I, as the I think it was the second or third. I think it was the third book when the midnight release parties started becoming a thing. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think the second one because I think the second one I actually I didn't even get it when it first came out. I waited for paperback again, um, and then the third one I was like, I gotta have it. Um, the but the thing about that is, um, you know, it took me it took me a couple of books to realize I definitely didn't in the first one. Um, like I said, I at the age that I read it, I was not thinking in terms of like real world implications of things that happened in the books. It was just like, oh, this happened and then this happened. Um. But, like, Snape, I definitely did not see as the villain that he actually is. It's only on subsequent rereads that I've seen just how 
friggin' awful he is. Like he is just he's from the first. He's just he's a awful. I, he's one of my favorites in terms of being interesting. Yeah, like as an ambiguous but character, I think he's, as a, he's a really valuable. As a but... liter- yeah, oh. as a character in literature, I find as a reader, I find him fascinating. But yeah, as a person, I'm just like, oh, yeah. He just he's one of those characters. You know, there's this, um, I'm going to totally trivialize something big here. Um, but as there's a cliche, there's sort of a saying about studying history where they say that, okay, when you're in elementary school, you learn about the American Civil War and you learn it was about slavery. Mm-hmm. And then you get to high school and you learn, no, it wasn't about slavery. It was a lot more complicated than mm-hmm. that. And then you get to college and you learn oh, yeah, it actually was about slavery. (laughs) You sort of, as you learn more and more complex stuff, you learn, oh, okay, it was about states' rights, namely the rights of the the states to own slaves, you know? And Snape is a bit like that, where you're like, first, you read the first few books and you're like, oh, he's just a shit. Mm -hmm. And then you read a little more and you're like, oh, there's more going on here. Yeah, but really, he's got some hidden depth. And then finally, like, you nope. reread as an adult, and you're like, <laughs> nope, oh, he does have some depths, but yeah. he's still just awful. He's still just a shit. I, yeah, and I, like, I, even as I'm saying, like, he's an awful, awful character. He, I mean, but I would not, I still don't want to put him in the same uh, category as, say, uh, Dolores Umbridge. Um, who mm. I think is a more evil character. She is. And I want to make. Way, we'll uh, talk. Uh, like I want to we'll make. Talk more about. Yeah. Excuses Go for ahead. Snape because of his upbringing and and yeah, you know, like the things that he's well, done. But you know, he shouldn't have excuses made for him. He's a shit. And, he's mean to children. Children who do yeah. not deserve to be like the way he treats Hermione. And we have is... proof that I mean, we have the very you know Harry is our proof mm-hmm. that. You can live, you can have a really, really awful upbringing and still turn out a decent person. Like, yes, there is, to some extent, upbringing does affect a person. You know, I'm I'm sure Snape partly is an awful person because his his upbringing was awful and his parents were, his father was abusive and awful. Yeah. You know, that does suck, but also he made his own choices. Right. You know, and Harry is proof that you can be brought up in an awful, awful situation and still turn out a decent person. Yes. And I really like that. Um, it's going to remind me of, uh, the fandom thing where the fandom theory that, uh, Harry was actually Snape's son. Huh. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. There was like a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, There was a whole, there was a challenge about, write it. That or Voldemort. Write it so that he was. I remember, there was a theory for a while. Snape's yeah. son. Um, uh, I have a theory. I had a great crack theory. I'm just going to go out mm-hmm. um, and share it while we're here. Yes, because you're reminding me of my crack theory, which was the popular one at the time was that, you know, Snape was, yeah, Harry's father. Mm-hmm. My theory was, what if Snape managed to save Lily, but he was dying, and Lily was a potions genius, so she is, what if Snape is actually Lily, and she doesn't want to, what if Snape is Lily's, it's Harry's mother, basically, instead of his father, and she's been, you know, she doesn't want anyone to suspect, Uh so she's going overboard with being really mean to Harry. And she's brewed polyjuice for years and has just been taking polyjuice for years and years. I'm like, yep. I'm like, well, we never see them in in the same room together Mm -hmm. (laughs) during Harry's lifetime. (laughs) I'm just saying that's that was my response to that. What if instead of uh, Harry's father, what if Snape was Harry's mother? And that's why he's obsessed. uh, Why Snape is obsessed with he has his mother's eyes and. Yes, you look just like your James. father. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Well, obviously he can't like him too much. Yeah. If he shows a lot of favoritism, people are going to wonder what's up. Mm-hmm. So clearly, you know, it's for his own good, which I hate. Generally, as a device, I'm pushing you away for your own good. But I feel like the awfulness that is Snape that works. 
especially if it never actually gets resolved and then <laughs> Snape dies without Harry ever knowing. Oh, I like it. And it it's reaches like a, Greek tragedy yeah, levels like of like stealth, horror. It's a stealth theory. I love it. Yes, that was my that was my response. That ought to tell you a little more about like what kind of a teenager I was. <laughs> that my response to the Snape as Harry fa- Harry's father theories was one an elaborate theory where Snape is Harry's. Mother. I really like it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I I need to correct. I was it wasn't Harry did something that was very brave and very foolish. Uh, I'm looking at my notes now in the actual book, and it's Harry did something that was very brave and very stupid. Stupid, okay. <laughs> Which is even even better, I think. Yeah, that's that's even that may have been. I wonder if that's something they changed for America, because I feel like I've seen foolish. I don't know. Well, but we'll I'm look into the... that's one of the things I want to. I I didn't pull it up was um, but there is like a list of things that they changed that you can look up online. Um, oh, nice. The uh. So there's one other thing I wanted to talk about real quick, which is actually my actual favorite character in the book series, <laughs> All right. which is Neville Longbottom. Oh, yeah. I think of all yeah. the characters, um, including the trio, I think Neville is my favorite because Neville is consistently uh, the bravest kid in the stories um, because he's everyday brave. Um like yeah. Harry is the big like gonna save the world guy, but Neville is mm-hmm. the kid that keeps showing up, um, even though you know he's treated abominably by his classmates, he's treated abominably mm-hmm. by his uh, his teachers, by his grandmother. Um, he's Ugh. uh he's at a disadvantage because of um, you know, I I think there's I I don't remember if it's actually in the book or if it was just a theory, but that um, the attack on his parents had had an effect on him as well um and like he for he's so forgetful he's so clumsy he's a fat little kid he's um he doesn't have any best friends it doesn't seem he's got that mm. dumb little toad that keeps running away from oh, him yeah trevor yeah. until luna like he ends up until luna yeah luna and, um, Ginny. and i just i just like i did not appreciate neville the first time i read through these books as Except for the seventh book, by that point, I my Neville love was so intense that I was like, "Thank God, finally he gets to be." And that's the hero. I but, mean, that is. I mean, like in this first book, he he wins the house cup in that. Yeah. Dumbledore is wrong, by the way. I'm I'm totally on. I think Slytherin is correct. I think Dumbledore did a shitty thing by giving the house cup away because those kids yeah. have done everything all year long to deserve actually winning it, but. The fact that it's Neville that wins it with those points because he stood up to his friends. Um, yeah. Like, that's I, phenomenal. I think that's the best message of the books. <laughs> and I think I like that Rowling kind of pushes that. Um, and it's it's not an accident. You Like you mentioned, sort of, he's Harry in the same way. And Rowling makes that explicit yeah. that, you know, he and Harry were very, very nearly switched that it was almost it could have been um neville mm-hmm. that who was whose parents were chosen who was chosen right. by voldemort yeah because voldemort chose which of the boys it would be um and so it yeah. either of them could have been the hero um so and, and i also really like that um the reason that neville really becomes friends with them like the reason that they become friends with him i guess is uh, because of that, he stands up to them, and then he comes along with them, and and they sort of respect him a little more because of it. Um, I just I think like reading it as an adult, looking at it as something that you know I know kids are kids for decades have been reading. Um, I just think that's a really fantastic, yeah. really fantastic character and a really fantastic message. And now I'm reading. I'm I'm like I said, I'm going through my notes, and I'd like to point out, you know, there's. Like you mentioned the moment with Harry and the snake. And I like that. It's interesting because I always interpreted that as a very, very kind moment from Harry. Mm -hmm. Because the snake is saying, like, where the snake is, he and the snake are interacting. Yeah. And he asks, oh, was it nice in Brazil? And the snake indicates the label, the, you know, placard and shows, you know, it's, it was bred in captivity. Yes. And Harry lets it out 
Like, I, I always got the impression Harry let it out, yes. not so, partly out of, like, anger <laughs> at Dudley for shoving him aside, but partly also out of kindness, because mm-hmm. he wanted to let that, give that snake a chance. Um, and there's, I'm looking at this, you know, you mentioned Neville, and one of the things I have highlighted here, I have several notes in the first book, and I expect throughout all the others as well, that are just, oh, Harry. Um, but in this case, the one that's highlighted is uh, where he finds Neville like crying um, after being picked on by Malfoy. And it's, uh, there's no need to tell me I'm not brave enough to be in Gryffindor. Malfoy's already done that, Neville choked. Mm-hmm. Harry felt in the pocket of his robes and pulled out a chocolate frog, the very last one from the box Hermione had given him for Christmas. He gave it to Neville, who looked as though he might cry. You're worth 12 of Malfoy, Harry said. The sorting hat chose you for Gryffindor, didn't it? I'm like, oh, Harry. I just, there's a lot of kindness in Harry. Yeah. Um, Even when he's like embarrassed by Hermione on her house self crusade, there's still a great deal of like looking out for people. Yeah, well, and, um, you know, in in the climax of this, well, the first climax of this book, uh, the first book is fighting the cave troll, um, which yes. is he he and Ron remember that Hermione is trapped yes. where the troll is, and they go to rescue her, um, which is our first like real like he he tries to save Neville from um, from the bullying. He stands up to Snape. He stands up to Malfoy, but that going to rescue Hermione is really the first like hero moment that he gets. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like he, I don't think, I don't think enough is paid attention to, uh, wow. Enough attention is paid to his kindness. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's, you mentioned earlier, you know, you grow a little more sympathetic to Snape. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find, we talked about this a little already, but you know, you've, you look at Snape and you're like, oh, but he had this awful upbringing. Oh, it's terrible. He was bullied in school. But then you look at Harry and you're like, oh, wait, somebody can be, can grow up in absolute awful circumstances and still be a decent person. Like Harry, one of the reasons more and more that I love Harry, not only is he hilarious, he has some of the best unintentional comedy Mm -hmm. of the book. He's books. He can just be incredibly funny, but he's also incredibly decent and kind. And he really, really looks out for people he loves and he doesn't always do it in the best way in the smartest way because he's a teenager Mm -hmm. and he doesn't always know what the sensible thing to do is but he really is trying to take care of the people he loves yeah you know and he even i mean that that extends even to the dursleys late in later books um even though they've treated him abominably he still what, yeah, you know, want and them I, to be uh, safe. I just, and I remember it was really the movies. The first couple movies are not really good. <laughs> um, the first movie is abysmal. Oh, uh, the second <laughs> one's even worse. Honestly, I find I can at least sit through the first one now, but the second one I can't. But um, even in the first one, I remember it was the first one that really got me intrigued. The because they have such an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, the cast they have, the adults anyway. The yes. kids, at the time, not so no. much. Although now they are growing into pretty solid actors. Mm-hmm. But the adults were amazing. And I remember Petunia. There's like a couple of moments in the first movie. And in the book, it reinforces that I'm just like, oh, I really want... Like a short story or a prequel or something about Lillian Petunia. Mm-hmm. Because there's just a moment where Petunia is talking about, oh, our parents were so proud. Yeah. Um, and where Petunia just seems so upset and lonely and sad. And it's reinforced sort of in like book six or book seven, I think, where Harry gets a flashback from Snape's point of view. Mm-hmm of Petunia and Lily playing and 
how Petunia, like, I think it's revealed later that Petunia wrote to Dumbledore and begged to yeah. be allowed to go to Hogwarts. And he had to, like, like Dumbledore wrote back and said, no, I'm sorry, you can't because you're not a wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, where I just found that I would love, I just, I want a Petunia Dursley short story, basically. I, I agree. Or a novel. Um, well, you know how I feel about sister stories. Uh Yes. But, yes. Like, um, the fact that I think I think the movie played it. She's more cruel. Um, like the the, mm. the pathos that Rowling adds to the story um, doesn't really come through in the movie. So I, I definitely prefer the Dursleys in the books, where they're both more horrifying and more um, pathetic. Uh, mm. But yeah, like um. You know, everything that the Dursleys do to Harry is to protect their way of life, basically. Um, you know, they've got to be, they've got to keep up with the Joneses. They've got to be the most normal on the block. They've got to be, yeah. you know, they can't have this weird kid. And Petunia, I think, like, that's a great point about, I, I'd forgotten that she had written, written to Dumbledore. And that's just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, you know everything that she's done she's doubled down on she's got to be normal because that's the only thing she can be um so she's mm. got to be the best kind of normal that she that she possibly can be um yeah it's just sad you sort of want you want her to like find like a nice wizard husband yeah. like you wish she could have like married a nice wizard and then been sort of magic adjacent well even a nice model, um and been like, a part of this world if she had found you know yeah dursley um yeah Vernon dursley who's like that like if she could have found of... a nice uh, kooky yeah. weird you know witch with wiccan type husband you know who would have like freaked out and been on cloud nine that would have been delightful well, even a, you know a totally, like a a dentist, like a Granger, like if we, yeah, a guy who was like, not ugh. so obsessed with Mulder, the outer life having to be perfect, like Mulder, Mulder, oh my god, Mulder, you know, he went to no, Oxford. You know what, Skinner? He went I to think, school. Oh. I think Petunia deserves a Skinner. We're just gonna cross that stream right there. I love this idea. Yeah. And they're both so they're both so fondly tolerant mm-hmm. and appalled by the various like goings on in their circle. They're like, "Oh my god, can you believe this Wouldn't shit?" It be great. What is this? What is this? Why? No. Yeah. Well, no. And there's a there's a point that I don't I, I think uh, I think it comes up in the first book. I don't have my copy in front of me. Um, I left my iPad upstairs. But the uh, the the fact that Harry survived where her sister didn't, you know, mm-hmm. that that fuels a lot of the resentment. Um, interesting. That is interesting. Uh, yeah, because, and it, it was I don't think that is in the magic, book, but that's an interesting away. insight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's very much. They place the blame very much, for the most part, except for, like, one outburst from Petunia about, like, oh, she was a freak. Mm -hmm. They very much, now that you say that, the Dursleys really put it all on James. They put it all, oh, that oh that weirdo he was good for nothing. He was just, that's an interesting, I had never thought about that. That how much, you know, was it that she blames James for kind of taking away any chance they might have yeah. ever had to well, reconcile? You know, not just and not just James though, like the whole the whole wizarding thing. Like not mm. only did it take her sister away when she was when they were children, like but there was still that chance of of being normal together. Yeah. Um and then maybe one day they could have made right. up. But then the she could have gone to visit Diagon Alley and gotten crazy ice creams at Florian Fortescue's and yeah. Yeah, but none of that because um the wizarding world like the the magic is like it destroyed Lily um mm-hmm. more completely mm-hmm. than anything else could have. Uh yeah, so I like oh man. Uh, that's the thing like every time I reread I I find a little more sympathy for the the awful characters Voldemort. I have no sympathy for. Yeah. I mean, there's no. he's just a monster from start to finish. 
Um, yes. But there, I, I think... And Umbridge. And Umbridge. I, I have, would like to say, well, Umbridge, no. we talk about Voldemort, but for my money, Umbridge is... Oh. We'll talk about this yeah. more in book I, when we get to book five, I'm sure, but Umbridge is one of the best villains. Oh, yeah. One ever. of the best. I have never, ever hated a villain more than I oh. hated Dolores Umbridge. Gosh, But even there, yes. there's some complexity that I'll we'll talk about. Um, All right. I look forward <laughs> to it. But, like... I just, I think that's, you know, say what you will about Rowling's technical capabilities. Like, she's she's a very good storyteller, like you said. I mean, she's a fin- phenomenal storyteller. Mm. Um, but I think her strength is really um, creating these characters with depth. Um, yeah. You- she is an incredibly witty writer, mm-hmm. which I say not only in terms of funniness, but also she can get across you know whereas like a lot of these we've talked about Dumbledore is sort of an archetype character in the beginning at least but she can give so much personality to a character in a couple of lines it's just incredible Uh, for me she can do that she's really a lot like Stephen King Um, she's got a fantastic ear for language she's got a fantastic ear for accents and and but the personality work is really what drives, like... That was actually, yeah, like, my number one thing, the thing I say about her, somebody once said, they were like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I say about Stephen King, actually, which <laughs> yeah. is, she's a decent writer, a writer as a writer, you know, a wordsmith, mm-hmm. she's, you can hear the tilts in my voice, a wordsmith, <laughs> but um, she's sort of mediocre at best. But as a storyteller, she is incredible. Yeah. And so I said that once, and somebody was like, "Yeah, I'd say the same about Stephen King." Yeah, um, it's it's editing. I think really helps both of them a lot. Um, and then mm. when you you see the stories become a little looser, um, the less like as they got more popular, the and the editors start taking steps back. Like, um, yeah, the, the plots don't they're not quite as tight. I not really sure how to express it but i mean mm. the thing that keeps coming through i'm is just how alive the characters are you know yes. they're so vivid yeah. um even like for all yeah even things like i i actually don't mind the the hagrid's accent being written into his dialogue i, I know a lot of people have problems with that but um <laughs> for me that helped a lot because i don't you know i don't have an ear for um english accents as you know when written you can't tell me he's from wherever and i'm immediately like oh he sounds like um so i really like that because like haggard is sort of set apart from the rest of the cast um that way although it it did get a little tiring (laughs) after a couple of books um but yeah uh so anything else like anything else from the book you want to talk about yes actually one more thing i would like to point out which is in their exams uh, I have highlighted here that uh, their final exam for transfigurations in first year is uh, McGonagall watched them turn a mouse into a snuff box. <laughs> Points were given for how pretty the snuff box was, but taken away if it had whiskers. I would like to point out, Mag- I love McGonagall. I, I will fight over, and I'm sure I will tell you more in book five, I think, about my McGonagall feelings. <laughs> but um, I'm like, McGonagall, I love you, but that is unfair. Art is entirely subjective. Yeah. You know what? Somebody's idea of prettiness may not be the same as yours, and I don't think that is fair to be judging your uh, 11-year-olds on their aesthetic tastes right. in snuff boxes. I'm just saying. That's, that's where I'd like to... I'd, that's one thing. Her I'd one, like her one, fatal, her fatal flaw is that. Yes. Yeah. She thinks McGonagall. art can be objective. Really, McGonagall. I expect better. <laughs> that's my one I point. Love it. Yes. That's great. Do you have any others? Because that's uh, most of mine no, are. I just, oh, I Harry. just really adore. Um, I just adore the whole book. I loved it. It's a quick, fast read. I, um, I was done in a couple of hours. Even the first time I read it, like, it zips along. Um, and I just... It's really great, like you said, when we started talking about um, how you can see what's to come. Um, 
you know, yes. and after you've read all of the books and you come back and you read and you see a lot of things that you missed the first time through. I just, I really think it's a, it's a fantastic book. Um, if there are, if there is by some miracle someone out there who has never read them, um, you should definitely, definitely check them out because yes, uh, they're, yes. that's why we decided to do this reread project in the summer because they're the perfect summer books. Um, they really are. And they're sort of in a roundabout way, how we came to be friends right. in the first place. So yeah, they have very special places in our yes. hearts. Uh, so next up is, uh, Chamber of Secrets. Yes. Yeah. Sometime at the rate we're going, probably you can expect that sometime in early 2016, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let you know. We're, Hopefully we'll try it'll be in speed August. it up a little, but if you've got anything. Hopefully it'll be August, yeah. but yes. Do you have anything, uh, if there was anything in Philosopher's Stone that you wished we talked about, or if you had any points you wanted to make, or even if you want to just let us know what your favorite parts were, um. You can Please. get us on Twitter and Tumblr at Britches Podcast. We're on uh, the website is realbossybritches.com. You can uh, leave us comments there. Um, there's also a contact form if you wanted to uh, bring up anything you want us to talk about for Chamber of Secrets. We would love to have uh, some in- Please, input from yeah. you guys. Uh, your favorite parts, your favorite characters. The thing that's yes. the most. When did you throw the book? We have so many room? Harry Potter feels. Oh yeah! Please, please, please yeah. share and them with us. Don't be shy. The email address is info at realbossybritches dot com, um, and we will talk to you in a couple of days. I guess. Well, maybe a couple of months. At some point, two thousand eight <laughs> coming to you in two thousand eighteen. Yes. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Bye. Eventually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hang in there. Knox.